0: You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. (laughs) Are you looking for a way to improve your speaking, preaching, and communication skills so that you can reach people and share the gospel? Sometimes it can be difficult to know where to start. From May 2nd to June 6th, Cindy Stewart will be hosting a new online class, Spirit-Led Preaching, equipping you to prepare and release transforming messages. This is an online course designed to equip you. This six-week program includes six teachings and weekly live sessions that will equip you to prepare compelling sermons, improve your public speaking skills, and overcome stage fright. This program is perfect for pastors, preachers, and Spirit-filled teachers who want to deepen their understanding of the Bible and learn how to craft powerful sermons. This course provides a comprehensive and practical approach to preaching that is rooted in scripture. Enrollment begins April 14th. Join the waitlist right now at cindy-stuart.com. Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast. A source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here
1: is your host, Cindy Stewart. This morning, we're going to talk about an invitation to see. We're in a season where God has invited us to see. He's invited us to see what's going on currently. He's invited us to see what's going on in the future. He's invited us to see to look beyond the natural behind the veil into what he's doing. So this is a revelatory season that we are in right now. So for many of you guys know that my birthday was last week and uh, I'm telling you this because uh, yeah, he's my biggest birthday fan. I am a huge birthday person. It was always a big deal in our house when it was your birthday, then it was your day. So, uh, There was five of us kids, so whatever you wanted to do on your birthday, everybody else had to do too, whether they wanted to or not, because it was your birthday. They had to eat what you ate. They had to go where you wanted to go. It was like, you know, whatever it was. Our family was just all about birthdays. Uh, So birthdays are a big deal. When Chuck and I first got married, in his family, birthdays were not a big deal. They were like, yeah, here's your little present born. And so my first birthday with my husband of almost 42 years, he, he took me to the mall and he says, buy whatever you want for your birthday. I'm like, that is so great, but that will never happen again. <laughs> never. Because birthdays is all about investing in the person. Really, you know, thinking about and, and celebrating them. And since then, he, he, he learns very quick. Since then, he is the birthday king. <laughs> He knows how to how to uh, birthday me, so uh, it's good. So anyhow, all with all that said, every year God gives me a birthday present. He has for years and years. The first time he gave me one, I was so shocked. I tried to give it back because, you know, I just didn't really understand the generosity of God. And through these this process, I've really learned the generosity. And sometimes the birthday presents are very personal, but sometimes they're a present about where the body's going, what God is doing, what we need to look for. And that's what this one was about. So I'm here to share, impart, and release my birthday present over you because that's what God has for us. Uh, So get ready to uh, join the party, right? Join the party. So I want to just pray for us real quick, and uh, then I'm going to share a little bit with what he showed me. So, Father, we just thank you that you pour out lavishly. Over your children, that really each day is a celebration of our life in you, that you, that you celebrate us every day. And we just thank you, God, that it is uh, just the extreme privilege to be in your house, to be part of your family, to know that uh, we are celebrated as children. And that we are raised up in a position where we can hear and we can see and we can sense and we can taste and we can feel and we can encounter the beauty of who you are. So, Jesus, we just thank you for opening up the way for us. And we just bless you. Amen. 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 So, uh, yes, so I'm really excited. I'm very excited about what I'm going to share. So we're going to start with Revelation 4, verse 1. Part of the present came through God just speaking to me directly and showing me things. Part of it came through a prophetic word uh, that someone gave me. It was two pages. They give me a word every year for my birthday, and uh, it was two pages. So part of this came from that word that they gave me. But this was part of it. This is one of my favorite scriptures. It's, It's kind of a life scripture for me when... God showed it to me. It says, after these things, I looked up and behold, a door standing open in heaven. We are standing today with an open door into heaven. There is an entryway that has been made for us to enter in uh, to the presence of God. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking to me saying, come up here and I will show you things which must take place after this. Immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven, and one set on the throne. We have the capacity as believers to receive revelation. We all do. There are seasons where there is a more Outpouring a more fluid, a more uh, just you're getting so much revelation, it's hard to keep up with, and that is the season that we're in. We're in a season of outpouring of revelation, outpouring of understanding, of clarity in what God is doing, what we need to look for, where we need to go. It is a season of that, and um, does anybody else? Feel like they've been in that outpouring, that encounter, that pouring out of God. Yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. I mean, you know, it's not just for one person. If one person is saying it, that means that they that it's it's replicated. It's multiplied amongst the body of Christ. And sometimes it just takes someone to say it out loud for us to actually recognize that is what's happening. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. (laughs) But an invitation has been extended to us to hear and to see and to encounter and to uh, have a download from the Lord for us to mull over, for us to pray into, so that we can release it as He gives it to us in the timing which He's called us to. And this world is needing that sharp, quick release in the moment that God presents it. That's what we're needing now. We're needing to look at something. I'm getting ahead of myself, so I'm going to stop. But we're needing to look at something. And I'm going to share. uh, We've talked about these signs, but I want to give you a testimony to some of these signs. One of the ways God is releasing uh, revelation to us is through signs. Signs that are happening. And... Sometimes they are silly signs, like the my couch anointing that I've told you guys about. I ordered a couch on September 11th. They said it would be in mid-January. I walked out the door and I said, God, I'm going to need that before Thanksgiving. I got it October 6th. So the one of the churches I went to recently... I told them about that. And I said, it's not about the couch. It's about things that are delayed, things that are being hindered, things where they say they told me that they didn't have the material to make it. That's the reason I couldn't get it. Where there is lack and the need of provision. Those are signs that this is what's happening. So I released this word and I received a text (laughs) this week that said, um, You know, I heard uh, your, let's see, I heard the testimony that you gave and I put a demand on it because I have been waiting for my couch for seven months. It was delivered like last Wednesday. (laughs) So that's what I'm saying. What we're talking about here is when we hear something that is unusual and abstract and impossible, it's not so we can say, oh, well, that was great for you. It's to say, God, this is what you're doing and this is where my lack is. This is where I've been hindered from receiving what I'm supposed to have gotten last week. This is where I have been blocked. The sign is, is that you're making a way when the outside says there is no way. But God says there is a way and I'm going to make that way for you. That's what this is about. It's a sign that God is moving things that we say can't be done. And he says, partner with me and I will make it work on your behalf. That's what we're talking about in this season. We need to look at things that look impossible and say, God, I'm going to need you to breathe on this. And I'm not going to micromanage the outcome. I'm partnering with you. I believe what you have said, and I'm going to trust you to work it out. Amen? Yes. I mean, th- this is what is happening now. We are able to call things into being. We're able to call things forward that have been delayed out of this partnership, this oneness with God that we live in. And he takes care of behind the scenes. You know, Neil, you mentioned last week about how Abraham had given Sarah to, to Abinelik. And of course, if there was any... Intimate encounter there, it would have broken the covenant that God had made with Abraham. But God went behind the scenes to Abinelech and said, You better let her go. And Abinelech sent Sarah back with provision. So God is working behind the scenes, cutting loose. Where the enemy has found bondage, where he has found delay for us, where he has interfered with what God has for us. He's working behind the scenes for us. And then he just drops it in our lap with provision. The plus plus comes with it. It's not just, it's plus plus. And we can take that and we can impart it to other people. We can say, this is what God has done. This is a sign of what he's doing. This is a symbol of where he's going. Put your demand on it too. Partner with him and give me the testimony of what he releases. Right? That is what he's doing. Um, I forgot one little part. I'm going to back up. On October 3rd, someone came to see me and brought me money. And they said the Lord told them to bring money. Money to start my birthday a month early to begin this financial outbreak, right? So, um, so I was like, okay, <laughs> talk me into it, okay. <laughs> but it was a sign that financial doors had been open. Yes, it blessed me, but it was a sign to release. And I shared a financial uh, movement with us earlier where God asked me, you know, can we prosper in a time of oppression? I've shared that. And we have seen people get raises. I mean, ridiculous raises. You know, we've heard a couple of testimonies in here. We have seen financial shifts that should not have shifted because though they are declaring an economic strangulation, God is declaring an economic breakthrough. So we have to understand the sign that He's showing us because when we have breakthroughs, when the testimonies are given, then we're able to not just say, yay for you. We're able to step into the breakthrough that they've received because there's room for all of us in that breakthrough. It is a sign of what God's doing and he is doing it. So as a body, we can rise up and be strong and not worry about what is happening out there because God has given us signs that as the body, we will prosper. As the body, they tell us we can't have it, but the Lord says, I've got it worked out. You know, as the body, he is using us for provision. He is using us to demonstrate the kingdom. And he is giving us everything we need to be able to to do that. And it's all of us. It's not allocated to just one person. It is all of us. And it's a sign of multiplication that can be imparted. It's exponential that can be tapped into. And if you go through scripture from the beginning to the end, you'll see where there was lack, God provided. Where there was bondage, like we just talked about Abraham. Gave Sarah away twice, actually, not just once, but twice, you know, uh, to the uh, Elisha, which multiplied the oil for the woman so her and her husband could, I mean, her and her son could eat. I mean, if you go through the word, you will see where God is the multiplier, the exponential multiplier partnering with what you have in order to increase and allow you to go where he needs for you to go. So it's very exciting. So I released the financial word that I talked about here. Can you prosper in the time of oppression at another church I was preaching at? And I got a a text from them that said, remember the word you released, a financial breakthrough. There was another word also given. And, um, they said that the breakthrough, there were ties going to be increased, that they would have abundance. Well, I received that word. She said that word is going to be our word, right? She didn't just say that's a good word and big deal. Yay, God. She said, no, I've heard that word. I've heard the testimonies that went with that word. So I am putting my finger on that word, right? You can't be lackadaisical in the move of God. Because it will lack diesel over you. Is that right? (laughs) But think about it. If we sit around and say, oh, good for them, good for them, and we don't step into what God is doing, then we will not be able to enjoy the fruit, the the abundance of it, because we're too busy glancing at it instead of jumping into it, right? So she sends me this thing. She says, well, I, I really received that word, and our tithe was three times as much as it normally is this past Sunday. Three times. They said that word is active and alive. And we are putting a demand on that word. Because if it's been released and imparted to us, then that means it saturates everyone who hears the word. So they were active in the partnership with what God was doing in his sign that financial was going to be released in a time where they're declaring economic struggle. Right? So you've got to partner with what God's doing. You have to follow the signs that he's given us in order to step into the fullness that he has for us. And it takes all of us. It takes all of us. And there's, of course, biblical criteria that comes with all of this. And part of it is, is our finances has to be on a journey of biblical transformation. We have to understand what the word says about finances. And it's all the way through the word. It truly is all the way through the word. He talks at it from the beginning to the end. What does it mean? Second Corinthians eight, cheerful givers. He talks about good stewards in Luke 12. You know, are you a good steward. Those who are good stewards will see increase. They will get abundantly more. So the word talks about finances. And if we don't know how, then we snuggle up to people who know how so we can learn from them so they can teach us so what they the experience they have the things that they share rub off on us we read the word until the word completely consumes us and we begin to live as the word lives within us and i know chuck is planning on doing you can talk to him too he's planning on doing a financial class a short one right after the first of the year to help Kickstart because he has a financial anointing for sure to help kickstart people who might need help rounding the corner or maneuvering some of these biblical things and where they are compared to what the Bible has called us to do. So it's important for us to not only transform our mind by the word, but we've got to transform everything we do, including our finances, to fit within the biblical foundation of the word, right? And it's a learning. It's like everything else. We learn. We grow. We make mistakes. We correct. We redo. You know? We look it back up. What did it say again, God? Because apparently I didn't quite get that part of it, right? I mean, it is. It's a process. But he speaks to how he wants us to handle this financial shift that is happening. And if our tendency is to run through money as soon as we get it, then your shift will look different than the person next to you who is who saves and is very careful with their money because God's not going to kill you with an anointing that you can't handle, right? So we want to get underneath what the Word says in order to be able to handle the shift that He's given us. And that's true in gifts, that's true in anointings, that's true in family. You know, we have to align ourselves with what the Word says. So with that said, um, I want to talk a little bit about consuming the Word. And we're going to go to Revelation 10. And this was part of, of, like I said, my birthday present. Financial abundance was part of it. So we just release that over that. We'll do a release over when we get done. But consuming the word was part of it. In Revelation 10, I'm going to start in verse 8. And John is having this encounter with an angel. And he is, uh, you know, kind of we've left uh, Revelation 4. We was up in this heavenly place. And it starts in verse 8, uh, chapter 10. Yes. Then the voice which I heard from heaven spoke to me again say go take the little book which is open in the hand of the angel who stands on the sea and on the earth. So I went to the angel and said to him give me the little book. John's obedience was immediate. He didn't say God what do you want me to do? God you know he just as soon as he heard the voice he moved forward. And he said to me, "'Take and eat it. "'It will make your stomach bitter, "'but it will be as sweet as honey in your mouth.' "'Then I took the little book out of the angel's hand "'and ate it, and it was as sweet as honey in my mouth. "'But when I'd eaten it, my stomach became bitter. "'And he said to me, "'You must prophesy again and again "'about many peoples, nations, tongues, and kings.' Well, I know contextually, I'm going to talk a little out of context here because we'd have to go through a good portion of Revelation to really understand what's going on here. But this was what the Lord kept speaking to me, is we have to consume the Word. We have to eat it. We have to chew on it. We have to take it in and begin to let it permeate um, you know, have you ever met anyone that ate lots and lots of garlic and when they, you see them, you, they kind of smell like garlic? <laughs> That's what we need to do. We need to eat the word, meditate on it, chew on it where we smell like it. We have to smell like it. We have to, and you know, there's some parts of the word that will seem bitter to us because it disagrees with what our worldview is. It disagrees with even what our actions are, what we're doing. What, what are the things that we do during the day that disagree with what the word does? But as we chew on the word, as it becomes so imparted into us, the things that don't belong, that don't align with the word, will no longer hold us. It will no longer contain us. One of the words I got well, for my birthday was, You are the message. When you go somewhere, you are the message. You're the message of Christ in the situation he's put you in. So you've got to be able to draw on. And when I say consume the word, I'm not talking about memorizing Genesis to Revelation, which that would be great, too, if if you can do that. I had a friend that memorized all the Psalms. If you said Psalm 1 he would read it, he would say it word for word for word. He just had, he was just that person. He, all the Psalms, even Psalms 119. You could say 119, verse 67, and he'd be like. So it wasn't just a memory of one to, I mean, however many there are, 167 or something. He could act, he actually knew it down to chapter and verse lay hands on me <laughs> all right but you know that was that was one of his gifts he it really was a gift to him but it's so that the word is so in us that when we think of something it is filtered through the word that we've consumed it goes through the jesus vision of it as opposed to us wrestling minded word and that was uh, one of the things that that we have, we are the message, that wherever we go, we are his message to the world to the store to wherever it is we go um, I'm laughing because you know, have you ever had one of those days where you're just kind of grouchy and you're trying to figure out why am I grouchy and uh I don't know, you just woke up grouchy, I don't know. I keep saying, I'm over it, I'm really not grouchy, I'm declaring I'm awesome, all these kind of things. (laughs) I don't know what happened. (laughs) But uh, I I came up here and there was an old car parked in the parking lot, and we've had people leave their cars here, you know, for extended like months, abandon their cars. So, and it was parked right in front here. So I went and I looked in the car and, and I was just seeing, I thought maybe someone was sleeping in the back or something, you know, and I looked and, and somebody starts yelling at me from across the parking lot. They were in another vehicle. And uh, I told Chuck, I said, that might not have been her day. To yell at me. I know that sounds awful. I'm just telling you the truth. She says, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm looking in the car. I was just seeing if there was someone asleep in here, or if it was abandoned. And they were like, well, why would someone abandon their car? I said, because people have. We had someone abandon their car. I was probably here three or four months, yeah. But um and uh she said well it's not abandoned. It's my car. I said well that's okay. I said I was just checking it out and she continued on. And finally I said there's no problem here. <laughs> I work here. I'm sure she's thinking, great. (laughs) Where is that compassion? Where's that heart? I need a little more consuming of the word on that, a little more filter through. But you know, that is what God is trying to teach us. I I told Chuck, I said, I don't know what happened. I should have been like, that's great. Let me just bless you. I was like, just don't talk to me anymore. (laughs) But you know, that's part of it is, is God is just teaching us in that immediacy. What was good and awesome and what wasn't? What wasn't so good and awesome? You know, where where was your heart in that? What it, it definitely wasn't there? But that is the consumption of the word. You know, we've got to be so entrenched and saturated and full of the word that that's what we exude. Not in perfection, obviously, at least up here but but really that is what we're going for is that word because God is sending us and I'm going to read that verse 11 again God is sending us to prophesy to the people to the nations to the tongues and to the kings he's sending us to declare and lay hold of what is not right and um, and I will tell you he will, Let you be aggravated by a situation to provoke you to begin to declare and prophesy him into it. He will. You will be so aggravated, he's saying, I'm giving you the choice. You can be mad and complain about it to all your friends. Or you can prophesy life. You can declare life into it. You can you can give the revelation. You know, when we started having that huge COVID upsurge in August, it was at 20.5%, right? And we asked the Lord, Lord, we need a word for this. We need a word. Because not only was that rate bringing us national attention, national attention, it was also uh, creating some... Demonic movement toward our state, right? So God gave us a word about how to pray and we've all prayed and we've declared it and all that. Within eight weeks time, our rate is down to 2.6%. We are the lowest state in the nation. So God lets things aggravate us. So we can prophesy life into it so that we can take authority over it. So we can say, this will not be done on my watch. And that's what I started saying. I was like, God, I feel like we have done everything, but stand on our head to get rid of the COVID. So I need a word about what you're going to do. A word about how to disarm it, how to take it apart. And, you know, we've seen a lot of loss happen throughout our nation through friends and family, those type of things. But, But we've got to be able to get a word from God and bring it into the body. And as a unified body, begin to prophesy and declare over it to break the stronghold of the enemy. So what is God letting aggravate you? And what is the word God wants to give you over it? And when he gives you that word, you bring it in the house so we can begin to prophesy and declare with you over what that is. Because we're all better together. There's strength when we all are declaring the same thing. We're all um, commanding the same command off the, off the word of the Lord. So we need to be able to bring it in together. We've got to be aligned. We've got to be able to activate what God is showing us in order to destroy the stronghold the enemy has in this particular area, right? You've got to be able to do that. I, want to, I just want to read a couple of scriptures out of Ephesians 4.11, because that is the apostolic that's coming, is where they are... They're pulled together with other houses. They're pulled together with a group of, of believers that understand the power of unity in one. And they understand the power of uniting together to break down every stronghold that has come against the body. They understand that. And that's what's happened. We're seeing this move of, uh, of, of, um, all I can think of is 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 it's it's I just keep seeing it's like a, a big wave of the ocean. It's the move of God where we all get in with the move with the wave, in order to see it hit the right place it needs to hit. We we've got to get aligned into that. So Ephesians four. Um, did I give you that Noah eleven? It is. I have to see it up there. So it says, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors, and some teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. There is a five-fold unity rising up. We used to have a five-fold division where everybody, every part of the fold did their own thing. But now there's a five-fold unity rising up where we are all learning to work together as one body. It doesn't mean that we're all in perfect agreement over everything. That is not what it means. Because there are these nuances among the body of Christ that cause friction. But if we can agree on Jesus as Lord and Savior, if we can agree on God is going to move us into alignment with the people that are going to make the, the difference, then we'll be able to see clear of the signs that God has for us in order to move forward. We have to understand that unity doesn't always mean complete conformity over everything. That's okay. It's true. Sometimes God's put you with people that you would never thought you would run with because they carry something that you don't carry and you need it in order to complete your assignment. I mean, you need it in order to complete your assignment. And we're, um, you know, it's interesting as I grew up in, in different denominations, let's just put it that way. Um, Initially, as a kid, I was taught if you, were Baptist, if you weren't Baptist, you probably weren't going to go to heaven. And it, it, and I don't know if that was, you know, hard and fast, but that was what I understood. So sometimes we have to let go of our understanding so God can expand the trueness of the vision that he has for the body through the word, Right. And uh, sometimes we have to run with people that we wouldn't normally run with or isn't necessarily in our stream, but it doesn't mean they're not serving Jesus the same way we are. And we have to be open to inflexible to that movement, right? So let's look at Acts 2, 42 through 47. And then I want to share one other little thing and then and then we'll finish up. And I know we got lunch and all those good things. Uh, so Acts 2. Uh, I forgot what I said too. There we go. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and they all and they had all things in common. And I'm just going to stop there Noah. That's, that is part of the sign of God right now is there is a hunger for fellowship and for being together. There's a hunger for learning the word and sharing and, and sharing perspectives and different uh, understandings of it. So we can get clarity from the Lord. There's such a hunger for oneness together. There really is. There really is. Okay. I'm going to stop there on that. I want to talk about one other little piece that the Lord kept talking to me about, and it's about revelation being released through intimacy. And we're going to go to Revelations 1, 10, 11. And uh, one thing the Lord kept showing me, and I shared this word. In fact, I prophesied this word over somebody on Friday night. But God kept showing me doing a waltz with him. And the waltz, you know, when you waltz, it's very structured. It's very, you know, it's it's not like we're just kind of doing our own thing. It's a very structured movement. And the only way for a waltz to really work is for there's one lead and the other follows and the waltz actually, the word actually means that there is a fluid movement as it goes around the room. And Jesus kept talking to me about the fluidity of movement between us and him and how we have to keep our eyes. The only way a waltz works is if you keep your eyes fixed on that person who's leading which we're going to say Jesus is going to lead right now. Everybody agree that Jesus can lead this week. He can lead this week. And when we start taking over, he'll remind us who's in charge. But, you know, it's keeping your eyes connected to that person so that you can actually follow their move through seeing eye to eye. It's this invitation to see deeply. And in this vision that he gave me about waltzing, I kept wanting to worship him. And I'm going to read the scripture, then I'll am going to uh, i say something about it. It's Revelation 1, Noah uh, 10 through 11. It says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice as a trumpet saying, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. And what you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches, which are in Asia, to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, to... Thyatira, Cyrus, Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. And then verse 17. Then I turned to see, the, oh, I'm sorry. And when I saw him, I fell dead at his feet. But he laid his right hand on me saying, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. I have the keys of Hades and death. Uh, uh, Write these things which you have seen and the things which are and these things which will take place after this. And then he goes on to tell the mystery. Um, You know, I left one of the scriptures out and I don't remember which one it was, but he tells him he falls dead to his face and he tells him to stand up. And the point of all this is there is a time to be in full worship, full worship mode, prostrate before the Lord, all that. Then there's a time to stand up and receive the mysteries that he wants to give to you in order for you to write them, to give them out to the people he's sending you to, to be the message that he's called you to be. You know, we have to understand the timing of the Lord. And sometimes when we are overwhelmed with his presence, we want to be in that place of prostrate, of worship, of of, of of just celebrating who he is. When he's trying to give us a message that he wants sent out and we're so busy in the worship mode that we don't realize we need to stand up and receive what he has for us. And that was part of this whole thing is, We have to understand the season and the timing that we're in in order to know when to worship, to know when to receive, to know when to release. And that comes out of that intimacy, that waltz with the Lord, that's eye to eye, that's face to face in order for us to be sent forward into this season of breaking down strongholds that are happening And we won't go into what happened last week, but if any of you watch the news, we know that there were strongholds broken last week in order for us to have a greater room to move, right? So I want us to just... Kind of keep that in mind that God is inviting us up to see there's an invitation for us to step into this heavenly realm to see there is multiplication, exponential abundance and the ability not only to receive, but to also release it to other people. And there's an intimacy of the Lord that he's calling us to that are fixed eye to eye to him. When So we will know when we are to receive, when we are to worship, and when we are to release. Amen? Amen. Well, let's stand up. Let's pray. I've got a lot more, but I just, I'm out of breath. <laughs> I just feel like God has so much. I feel like there is like an open floodgate. You know how it rained like torrential rains on Friday. That's what I sense from the Lord. There is a floodgate, a pouring out over us. So Lord, we just declare that pouring out over us, that we will uh, not only consume you, consume the word, but be in that position to not only receive what you have, but be the message that you send. Send, that everywhere we go, we will be the releaser of what you've already imparted into us for the breakthrough that you have for your kingdom. So, Father, I just uh, want to agree with your word over us, over each one of us, that there is an open invitation to enter in, to see, to hear, to receive There's an open invitation of fullness, not only in our physical lives, but in our oneness with you, Lord. And God, we want to have those, our eyes so locked on you that we can't do anything apart from that. Our head cannot move to the right or the left. It's just straightforward so that when you move, we move When you breathe, we breathe. When you speak, we speak. And uh, God, we just love being these world changers for the kingdom. These transformers of people's lives. God, we just love being a partner with you in the things that you want to accomplish. So we just bless you, Jesus. We thank you that there is an invitation of freedom in you an invitation of oneness in you, and an invitation of all things of heaven to be released on the earth through the people of God in partnership with the kingdom business in Jesus' name.
0: Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stuart.com. We'll see you next time.